sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Close your eyes. In reverence to God. Let's thank Him for a time like this. Let's commit ourselves into His hands. Let's ask Him to touch us in the way that He deems fit. Let's pray that anything that will be a hindrance to God's word reaching us will be set aside. Let's pray that the Holy Spirit will have its way, His way in our midst. Father, thank you so much for this evening. Thank you for the privilege of being an ambassador of your gospel. Thank you for the privilege of being a vessel that you would choose to use. I pray that this evening, O oh God, the words that I speak to your people shall be spirit and it shall be life. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will cleanse this vessel. Every limitation of this vessel, O oh God, I pray that your anointing will go through and set aside. And I pray that Jesus will be lifted up, that many shall be drawn to him. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Please take your seats. I'm happy to be here. And also surprised. Amen. I bring you greetings from the bishop. under whose covering I stand this evening. Amen. Amen. I also bring you greetings from Swaziland and Kenya, where we have been holding daughter, you can make it. We got in only last night, close to midnight. Your pastor graciously picked us up and has looked after us very well. So I want to thank Reverend Jake and Lady Pastor Kezia and all the pastors this side of Africa. Amen. Amen. All the branches. I want to thank Dr. and Lady Pastor Mills from Rustenburg for the kind of relationship that we have had over the years. And all the wonderful pastors, Pastor Andy, Lady Pastor Nana, Pastor Otile, who now has a big stomach. Lady Pastor Jenny, Pastor Peter, all of you. I cannot mention every name, but it's so wonderful to come here and feel at home, you know. And we leave, early, we leave tomorrow morning, or tomorrow, 
Amen. And I trust that the Lord will speak to us in these few minutes that we have. Amen. Um, by the grace of God, daughter, I can make it has grown beyond my imagination. Amen. And I want to encourage every daughter that it started as a Bible study of five ladies in nursing training television room. I didn't even have a name for it. It's Bishop that as it grew, he said, why don't you call a daughter you can make it? Because women have many, many, many obstacles. And they need to know that they can still fulfill their God-given dream. Amen. So I want to thank all of you for the privilege of being here to preach the gospel. Amen. Amen. When Pastor Jake talked about his being sick and all that, in fact, I felt very teary, you know, to think of it that he may not have been alive today. But I thank God for his faithfulness and for the fact that he always gives us another chance. Amen. I also want to recognize the presence of my lady pastors who support me and help me do what I do. Lady Pastor Bridget Marion, would you stand up and give us a wave? <laughs> lady Pastor Shirley. And we have a baby in our office who is on national service. Baby Efwa, give the church a wave. Hallelujah. And I want to recognize the presence of the very Reverend Okobo Tedoku. <laughs> Pastor Okobo. <laughs> Daughter. <laughs> Amen. This evening I promise to be brief. Hallelujah. And uh, I'm preaching from Bishop's book, Daughter, You Can Make It, the second edition. Amen. And I want to speak to you about Daughter, Catch the Anointing. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's a very famous story, if you like. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. I always say that many of you, you know where to find the latest hairdresser. The latest seamstress to make your daughter clothes. But we don't know where to find the word of God. May the Lord help us to put first things first. Amen, Amen ladies. Amen. Okay, Mark chapter 5. Is that what I said? Reading from verse 21. Are we there? Amen. If you are there, say amen. amen. If you are not there, say wait for me. <laughs> it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, okay? So if you can't remember, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, learn it as a poem. It's good to see Pastor Clufio, but I'm sure he's missing his wife. Verse 21. And when Jesus had crossed over again in the boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered about him, and he stayed by the seashore. And one of the synagogue officials named Jairus came up and upon seeing him, fell at his feet, 
and entreated him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her, that she may get well and live. And he went off with him, and a great multitude was following him and pressing in on him. And a woman, everybody say a woman, who had had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse, after hearing about Jesus, came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she thought, if I just touch his garments, I shall get well. And immediately the flow of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. And immediately, Jesus perceiving in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned round in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the multitude pressing in on you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Amen. Amen. Daughter, catch the anointing. I'm sure that we've all read this story many times over. And we've all heard about this woman even in Sunday school. Now the Bible says that Jesus had crossed over. You know, he had just had an encounter with the man, the demonized man of Gadara, the madman of Gadara. And then he had been asked to leave that coast. So he had taken the boat again and crossed over to the other side. And when he got to the other side, a multitude thronged him, or a multitude was around him. And then... An important man, the Bible says a ruler of the synagogue named Jairus came to him and said that my daughter is sick and near to the point of death. If only you come and lay your hands on her. He knew what Jesus had to do. She shall be healed. So please come with me. So Jesus decided to go with him accompanied by his disciples. Now, there were three categories of people around Jesus. The first category was the multitude. The second category was a, an important person called Jairus, a well-known man, a man whose name is even mentioned, including his title. And then the 12 apostles, do you understand, whose names are written on the gates of heaven. They were also there. And then this woman was a nameless woman. And the Bible says, but King James says, a certain woman. Amen. <laughs> a certain woman. And as Jesus was walking towards where he had been called, that is when the woman also heard of him. I want to say that anybody that God uses or touches in a unique way is usually somebody who comes from behind. It is usually somebody who does not even seem to be that close or that near? Somebody who doesn't have a name like Jairus. Somebody who doesn't have a title 
like Jairus that we are told, a ruler of the synagogue. Somebody who God didn't even seem to have fasted and prayed for before choosing. That was the kind of woman that had an encounter with Jesus. Now many times we think that when we compare ourselves to others, that we don't qualify for God to use us, for God's anointing to flow through us, or for God to pay any attention to us. When you look with your natural eye and you see a very large crowd around one person and you see a very important person and you see overzealous disciples around him, there is no way you can imagine that there will be room for you. But the Bible says that God has chosen the base things of this world and the things that man would not naturally choose. Those are the things that God has chosen. Why? To confound the wisdom of the wise. Hallelujah. And many people that God uses, people are surprised. And many people that God uses, those are not the people that God, people would vote for in an election. But the Bible says he chose us and he has made our election sure. Ruth was a woman who came from behind. The Bible says she was a Moabitess. Now the Moabites were a cursed race because when Noah and his children came out from the ark, Noah's daughters decided that since their father was the only man they could see, they would not be able to have children and preserve their father's seed. So they decided to give their father alcohol to drink so that each daughter would take turns with the father. <laughs> Turn to the nearest daughter and say, let her father remain a father. Yes, father. Hallelujah. Yes. And the Bible says about Noah that he didn't even know when they lay down, when they rose up. But the daughters became pregnant and they gave birth to the Moabites. And therefore, they were cursed that will never be well with them. But Ruth, somehow receive favor. You see, when God does things, he usually uses seemingly uh, weak and not powerful means because the way that Ruth came into contact with Naomi was that a famine had come. You see, many things God does like a general situation. There's been a famine. Then Naomi's husband says, okay, let's go to the land of Moab because there's bread there. So they think they are following a very natural instinct and desire. But God has an appointment of destiny for us. If only we will put ourselves in the place where God can reach us. Hallelujah. The book of Jude says, position yourself in a place where God's love can reach you. King James says, keep yourselves in the love of God. It means that there's a place that has been demarcated. And there's a way that you can, you can keep yourself there. And so when Ruth meets Naomi, she has a choice. After her husband is dead, Naomi's sons are dead, Naomi's own husband is dead, and Naomi says, I'm leaving Moab. Opa went with um, Naomi part of the way. But Ruth was the one who said, entreat me not to leave you. Wherever you go, I will go. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Where you die, there will I be buried. 
It takes a certain commitment for God to be able to connect to us. And this woman with an issue of blood, the Bible says about her that, and there was a woman, a certain woman, which had an issue of blood, 12 years. Now, before you come to Jesus, or before you have a touch from the master, or before you have an encounter with the master, you will by all means, as a human being on this planet, have issues. This woman had an issue of blood. You have an issue of marriage. You have an issue of childlessness. You have an issue of finances. You have an issue of spiritual things. Everybody has an issue. Amen. And this woman had an issue of blood. Hallelujah. And she had had this issue for 12 years. When something goes on for 12 years, it seems to be chronic. You would define it as a chronic case, a case with no help, a case with no answers, and that is where this woman found herself. Now, many of us, when we have issues, those issues keep us from God. Those issues keep us from the church. But it's rather when you have issues that you must draw closer to the master to receive a touch from his throne. But somehow the devil tells us, you have an issue. Nobody in church has an issue. You have an issue. Nobody in church has this burden that you have. You have an issue. Your life is, nobody's life is as damaged as this. So I would advise you to just find somewhere and sit. I would advise you to just withdraw from the brethren. I would advise you to take a step back in your work with the Lord. And our issues become a block between us and our God. But this woman had an issue of blood. And she had had it for 12 years. If after 12 years, the first year you are believing God, you don't see the second year you are believing God, you don't see. Are you able to endure for 12 years? You see, there's a certain level of faith, which is like what the Hebrew boys came to. When the king put them in, they said that our God is able to deliver. And our God will deliver. But even if he does not deliver, we will not bow. It is another form of faith. The first form of faith is knowing that God is able. The second form or step is no, the higher, the second higher level on the rank or the ladder is knowing that he will deliver. And then the third and highest form is when what you believe does not match with what you see. But you still say, even if my God does not deliver, I will still hold on. It is another level. Hallelujah. The prophet Habakkuk said, said, though the fig tree shall not blossom, though there be no grapes on the vine, yet I will still praise him. Our Christianity is not because of what we see. It's not even because of what we get. It's because of who he is. Hallelujah. When God does not seem to come through, can you still hold on? When the church 
does not seem to deliver what it should deliver to you, can you still hold on to your God? When you don't see what you want to see and you have an issue that continues to linger, can you still cry and say, though I cry, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Can you come to that place? For you to receive a certain anointing from the master, you will have contradictions in your life. The Bible says, for consider him who endured such contradiction of sinners so that your faith may not fail. Contradiction between what you have read and what you are experiencing. Contradiction between what people say has happened in their lives and what is happening with you. In the midst of your contradiction, Will he still be Lord of your life? Hallelujah. And had suffered many things of many physicians. She had not suffered a few things, beloved. She had not suffered one or two things. She had suffered many things. The Bible says, yea, and all that shall live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. If you come to Christ because you think you are going to live a suffering-free life, you are telling yourself a big lie. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But the only good thing about God's suffering is that it adds value to you Amen. and makes you a better person. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Paul said the sorrow of this world, wicked death, but godly sorrow leadeth to repentance. Amen. So it's the same experience. But the one there's a God factor in it, the end is different. She has suffered many things. You too will suffer many things in your work with God. Hallelujah. And like this woman, you would think naturally that, look, I have issues. If it says, as when you are in the ministry, you say, I have issues. Am I now going to solve somebody's issues? But it's not about you. It's about being a vessel that the master can use. Everybody has issues. And sometimes your issues may even not make you feel like preaching. Your issues may make you not feel like even loving anybody again. Your issues may not let you feel like getting into people's issues because sometimes the people you give the most to, they are the people who hurt you the most. And if you are going to go by that, then your issue will keep you from advancing in your work with the master. Some years ago, I came to South Africa to hold a daughter you can make it convention. And I remember this story only when I was putting on my yellow ring you see here. Just this evening. A sister said to me, she went to a beauty parlor, the beauty salon or whatever. And she met her sister then and said, oh, I would like to invite you to my church. So what church do you go to? It's a lighthouse. Ah. Your bishop's wife came to minister. I was there. I was invited. I was so encouraged. I wanted to join the church. But when I saw her ring on her finger, some big stone, I decided not to join again. Beloved, my husband had bought me that ring. It looked like diamond, but it was glass. Hallelujah. And this person had seen the glass. I, I was even teasing him. Now, so when will you upgrade yourself to diamond but this glass that you have bought? And because of that glass, somebody said, when I saw her ring, I decided that that church, I will not go there again. 
And then I remembered that this was the very issue I had with obeying God for full-time ministry. I said, I don't want to be full-time. I said, God, I know you have called me, but I don't want to be full-time. And it's not because of you. It's because of people. I told God many times in my closet, I said, God, I love you. I love the ministry. I want to preach your word, but it's the people. I mean, to think of it, that when I wear my skirt, they'll say it's offering. When I, I said, God, you know, I had all these things before I even got married. Am I now going to wear them? And then they will say that, church this, church that, church. And then what used to kill me? My husband would come and say that, yes, you are looking at my shoes, eh? Whether it's offering. Yes, it's offering. It's offering. There are so many issues that will keep you. But once I went into my closet and God said, you are very proud. And I said, oh me, oh God. Everybody in the church knows how humble I am. Everybody knows that's for pride. It's not my issue. And God said, you are proud because you don't want anybody to say anything about you. It's like, that's for me, you know. I know what my father has. I know my background, so I'm not now coming to wear a skirt, and then they will say that this. I said, Lord, it's true. I give it all up. Now, it doesn't matter. If you say even my whole being is offering, to God be the glory. Hallelujah! There's no shame. I've lost it all. But there are many, many issues that we could center on that would keep us from getting to the place in God that we need to get to. Hallelujah. She had suffered many things. You will suffer many things. Your reputation, so-called, if you have one. I don't have any reputation now, but maybe you have one. The Bible says Jesus made himself of no reputation. How come you, you are busy building a reputation? (laughs) Hallelujah. He had the reputation. He made himself of no reputation. You, you don't have. And your whole lifetime, you are using it to build a reputation for yourself. So many things will keep you from the master. She had suffered many things. When you suffer many things, you get tired. When you suffer many things, you get discouraged. When you suffer many things, you give up. When you suffer many things, you don't feel like going on. Even Jesus, when he suffered many things at a point, he said, Father... If it be possible, let this cup pass. If dying on the cross was a cup, then your problems are a teaspoon. Do you know that? And you have made it a bathtub. You have made it a bucket. But it is actually a teaspoon. Jesus said, let this cup pass. We need to start praying. Let this teaspoon pass. Amen. She had suffered many things. Don't let your suffering keep you from God. Don't let your suffering let you lose your faith. Don't let your suffering turn your focus from him. And then now you turn it to what you are going through. Hallelujah. But rather, let your suffering allow God to work in you what he wants you to become. Hallelujah. There's nobody... Who doesn't suffer sometimes? And this woman's issue had not been brought upon her by herself. You see, some of us, the Bible says, let no man suffer as a thief or as an evildoer. Some of us, we bring our suffering on ourselves. 
But there are certain kinds of suffering that you didn't ask for. You didn't court it. But it came knocking at your door. The issue of blood. She had suffered many things. Some of us, too, we let our suffering be in vain. You don't learn anything from your suffering. Your suffering doesn't give you more wisdom. Amen. In fact, your suffering rather makes you more, excuse me to say, foolish. But our suffering is able to work in us. It's supposed to be able to work in us to conform to the image of his dear son. Hallelujah. Those tears that you keep crying, don't let them be in vain. But let them be the tears that will water a new ministry. You know, many times for God to get our attention, he has to allow us to go through something. Because when all is well, oh, when all is well, it is our nature, humanly speaking, not to look for God. That's why the Bible says that when thou art eaten and thou art full and thou art built goodly houses, then thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. It didn't say when you are hungry. Because when you are hungry, you will naturally remember God. It didn't say when you have a leaking roof. Because when you have a leaking roof, you naturally tend to go to God. But when you have built goodly houses, and thou begin to say, by my own power and my might, have I gotten these? It is the nature of man. And so God takes us through the wilderness. God takes us through suffering. God allows it that he may humble us and that we may come to know that man shall not live by bread alone. Hallelujah. He told the Israelites, that is why I allowed you that I may humble thee and prove thee. There's nobody that God calls that does not have a wilderness experience. Suffering is part of our growth process as Christians. When God called Moses, he was in the backside looking after sheep. When God calls you like that, you know you don't have anything. And you know your rod is nothing. So when he says, what, does, what is it you have in your hand? You can say, is this anything useful? If you want it, you can have it. But if it's a scepter of gold or something, he will haggle with you. He will have problems with you. Jesus went through the wilderness. The Bible says he was led by the power of the Holy Ghost into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Then after the temptation, the Bible says he came out full of the Holy Ghost and of power. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost leads us through difficult places. But after God has helped us through the test, we come out full of the Holy Ghost and of power and we come to a certain place of ministry that only the suffering of God could have wrought in us. So she has suffered many things of many physicians. We get so used to self-help projects. Instead of going to the throne room of God, we go to the phone. Have you heard? Have you seen? Have you heard what he's doing? Have you heard? And then we don't get any breakthrough. Because the physicians cannot help us. It's good to go to physicians, but they all have their limitations. Hallelujah. We have to learn to push through and come to the master. And the Bible says, and she had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered. Usually when you spend all that you have, you should get better at least. But the Bible says that she was nothing bettered, but rather she grew worse. 
Sometimes God allows things to grow worse. You see, when you look at Lazarus, he has died. We have come to call you day one, you didn't come. Day two, you didn't come. Day three, you didn't come. Day four, he said, let's go and see Lazarus. For what? And even what is amazing is that when you heard that Lazarus was dead, you cried, but you didn't come. And Jesus wept. You wept, but you didn't come. And when that situation has become worse, you see, it would have been easier to come to his bedside and say, Lazarus, arise. But you have waited for him to be embalmed. You have waited for us to carry him to the tomb. You have waited for us to roll a stone at the entrance of the tomb. That is when you have decided that you are now taking a journey to come and wake up Lazarus. And we, humanly speaking, feel that the situation has rather grown worse. And therefore, God's power must be limited. But God will always bring you to the point where you are finished. So that you will know that my help, my help, all of my help cometh from the It's not some of your help. It's not 50% of your help. It's not 80%. It's all of your help. She had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather had grown worse. Beloved, when the issues grow worse, that is when God can be God. That is when God can be more than the physicians in your life. That is when God can be more than a man. And so sometimes God allows everything to burn. And then when it has burnt, he said, come, give me ashes. I'll give you beauty. Why do you wait till I get ashes? Why don't you come when the wood is blazing? Why don't you come when something is burning? But you wait when I have the ashes. And you say, I will give you beauty for ashes. But before he can give you that beauty, you have to give him the ashes. Some of us will say, Lady Pastor, my marriage is ashes. My children are ashes. My future is ashes. My ministry is ashes. That is what makes you the best candidate for the master to reach. Because he wants to conduct an exchange with you. That bring your ashes. I will give you beauty. You know when I was in Kenya, I was counseling a lady and she said, Lady Pastor, it's finished. The marriage is, there's nothing encouraging. There's no flicker of hope. There's nothing in it. I said, that is why you have come. And that's why you are the best candidate that God can reach. Hey, how can God reach? I said, he said, give me beauty. I'll, uh, give me ashes. I'll give you beauty. As for how he will do it, we don't know. We may not know how. We may not know when. But he will do it again. Amen, Amen somebody. Amen. She had rather grown worse. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind. In our daily lives, we hear many things on a daily basis. But most of us, when we hear, we either just sit down or we carry the gossip. You see, women will be very good evangelists if they will turn gossip into preaching and witnessing. Hallelujah, because we know how to describe the thing, how to say what happened. So if we are giving you Jesus, 
you would like to receive him. Because we have the gift of the gab, the mouth. It works. When she heard of Jesus, she could have sat down and said, based on my experience, I don't think there's anything this man can do for me. Based on all that I've been through, I don't think God can use me. Based on all that's the history I have, I don't think any good thing can come out of Nazareth. She had heard of Jesus, but she did not let it end at hearing. Many of us, we have heard the word. We come in day in and out to listen to God's word, but unfortunately, it has no effect on us. When we go out there, we are just like unbelievers, if not worse, because the word has not been allowed to penetrate our hearts. You see, as for God, he will sow the seed anyway. That's why the sower sowed the seed anyway. No matter the condition of the soil, he will sow. But you determine how far the word will go in you. The Bible says that the deceitfulness of riches, the cares of this world, they choke the word. And then some of us, we have no root, so the word just dies and all that. We are all open to hearing the word of God. But after that, what do we do with it? How come our lives are not transformed? How come there's no fear of God in the church of God? Because we just hear, but we are not changed. Hallelujah. The Bible says, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. But this woman, when she heard, she took action. The first thing was that she heard. Faith comes by hearing and it's good to hear. But beyond hearing, you must do something. Hallelujah. Amen. And when she heard about Jesus, she took a step. Hallelujah. Some of us, our tears, self-pity, always living in the past, does not allow us to move on with God. We have made our experiences become monuments. Instead of them being movements that move us towards the anointing, that move us towards the master, we have built a monument. It has become a God. Every day we worship it. Oh, this boy who left me. Hallelujah. Oh, Peter who went. Praise the Lord. Oh, Peter. It's been 10 years. Hallelujah. Oh. <laughs> and we never move on. When I was in Kenya, a lady asked me, Lady Pastor, can you, pref can you give your affection to cats instead of a man? I said, ah. What type of question is that? She said, I love cats more. They are loyal. They come to me. They are not some way. But I'm just saying that, is it unusual to love cats more than dogs? And I said, well, I wouldn't say so, but sometimes it can be misplaced affection. Then I asked her, is it that you loved a man and then it didn't work and you have now turned to cats or... You just love cats. And she broke down weeping. And she said it was a man. It was, and it still is. And lady pastor, my pastor is helping me through. It's been some years. So even when you hear about Jesus, it doesn't make a difference. Because that man has kept you at that position. And you can't go forward. But if you hear him and you decide to take another step, a different step and not say that this thing we've heard uh, we always hear they always preach they always say they always but you decide that even if i've grown worse 
I'm still going to take a step. And that step is going to get me closer to the master. What a transformation will come into our lives. We allow our experiences to become our gods. We allow our disappointments to make us shrivel up and stay at the same place. We allow our experiences not to help us to be healed. We, we stay broken in a place. And no matter what God says, no matter what comes from the pulpit, no matter what personal prophecy God brings you, you decide to sit in it. But if like this woman, you will act on what you have heard, the master can bring a transformation in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. She pressed in from behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be made whole. Loved, if we are to move on with God, we have to come to the place where we preach to ourselves. You must learn to speak to yourself. You must learn to minister to yourself. You must learn to preach to yourself. There are times when I feel, you know, I can't take another step. Oh God, I can't. This is, this is overwhelming. I just don't know. I don't have answers. But anytime I take my Bible, or I just decide to say to myself, there's words and scriptures that are stored in me. Sometimes I get up and I say, no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. And when I say the me, I say no. It's not personal enough. No weapon that is formed against mommy shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment, be it in the corridors of power, be it in the places that I don't know, be it in the places that I don't hear, every tongue that rises against me in judgment, I condemn. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Then I say to myself, I am a servant of the Lord. I qualify with this verse. And then I pace up and down in my room. I pace up and down. And I say, who saith a thing and it cometh to pass? When the Lord has not decreed it. When I hear things that people have said, then I mention their name. Oh, who saith a thing, but it cometh not to pass. Because the Lord has not decreed it. Sometimes I've learned like David to preach to my soul. Why art thou disquieted? Oh, my soul. Put your trust in God. Hallelujah. And sometimes I preach to myself. I say, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. If you don't learn how to preach to yourself, you will not make it. She said to herself. She said to herself. Some of you, all the things you say to yourself are negative things. Oh, look at you. You will never be nice. Oh, look at you. Nobody will ever like you. Oh, look at you. You only negative things. Also negative preaching. And it brings about negative fruits. The Bible says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. But some of us, even the encouragement, we don't even know the scripture. We have not filled our hearts with anything. So when the things come and we have to preach to ourselves, what we have heard has not stayed with us. So we begin to say, what was Reverend Jake saying? What were they saying at ministry meeting? But if we will learn to meditate on the word, it will become a storage area. So when something comes, say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Then you start to mention the names of the men. Reverend Oko, what can he do? 
she said to herself, If I may but touch his garments, I shall be whole. And straight away the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. How can you suffer for 12 years? And then when you touch the hem of his garment, straight away, the fountain dries up. <laughs> Where has he been all along? Why didn't he give you that instant touch like instant milk? We don't have all the answers. And we don't claim to have all the answers. But God is the one who has all the wisdom. He knows what he's doing. But what really touches me about this phrase was that it was the fountain that was made dry, the roots. When God deals with an issue, when God deals with your problem, he doesn't just cut away the leaves. He goes to the roots, the fountain, and he deals with it. Hallelujah. That's the kind of God we serve. And she didn't speak to Jesus like Jairus. The Jairus said, come, lay your hands on her, and she shall be healed. She, she didn't even know how her problem will be solved. She didn't even have answers to the, to the problem. I mean, the solution that you do this and do this and then. But just the touch brought help that started from the fountain, the roots. When man is helping you, he'll help you with the leaves. But when God is helping you, he will go to the root, the fountain, where the thing is flowing from and deal with it. Immediately, she was healed. When God steps in, usually it's sudden. You see, the, the disciples were in the upper room. Suddenly, there was a mighty rushing wind. You see, suddenly, an angel appeared. Suddenly, God has many suddenlies. But before we get to the suddenlies, it is a process. And it is in the course of that process that unfortunately, we gave up. Amen. Amen. Immediately. And Jesus immediately, it was a mutual reaction. She immediately felt it in herself and Jesus also immediately felt that power had gone out of him. She just touched the hem of his garment. Some of us, we are not ready to use little things that God brings away. We want the whole garment. We say, what can a hem do? We don't want crumbs. We want the whole thing. But usually you don't need the whole thing. The crumbs are enough. The Bible says, Give us this day our daily bread. But some of us want monthly bread, annual bread, by annual bread. Amen. When Jesus was writing to the church in Revelation, he said that your strength is little. Strengthen the little that remains. Hallelujah. It may be little, but strengthen it. It will take you far. So sometimes... Just a touch of his garment, the hem, is enough. A touch of the master is a touch. Hallelujah. And immediately, Jesus felt within him that power had gone out of him. The woman's touch was a touch of faith. And then he said, who touched me? Then the two known disciples. He said, I mean, why do you ask senseless questions? And many times, God seems to ask senseless questions. Do you understand? He knows the solution that he will ask. Cain, Cain, where is thy brother? But you can see everything. So why are you asking? So they said, who touched me? And they said, there are so many people around. How can you ask such a question? 
Now who touched me? And Jesus, looking around, saw the woman. In the midst of a crowd, in the midst of a Jairus, in the midst of disciples, God locates us. The Bible says the eye of the Lord runs through and flows throughout all the earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose hearts are made perfect before him. The perfection of the heart comes from God. Because if you were to mark iniquities, who would stand? But every time we feel that oh, God is doing something wholesale and he's even forgotten about me. But God is, our relationship with God is personal. It's not wholesale. Hallelujah. The Bible says, before you were a clot of blood in your mother's womb, he knew you. And I called you and I ordained you to go to the nations. And then when such a person sends you, you say, oh God, I can't. You know, send somebody else. But before you became a thinking being, he formed you. And he knows your capabilities. You, you don't know. You just appeared on planet Earth. But then every time he asks you to do something, you have a lot of things to say. Many times, what hurts us in our Christian work is we think he doesn't care. I've come to the place sometimes when I wonder, this God, does he see? Does he feel? Does he understand? And does he care? And I've learned to meditate on 1 Peter 5 verse 7. Casting all your cares upon him. Why? Because he cares about you. He cares about you. There may be a multitude, there may be a jarius, there may be disciples, but Jesus reaches out to us personally and individually. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Everybody can have a touch of a master, but in different ways. Jairus' daughter later received a touch. The multitudes received a touch. The disciples received a touch. The woman with the issue also received a touch. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. And she, fearing and trembling, came to him and fell down at his feet and told him everything. Beloved, sometimes fear keeps us from reaching the anointing and the touch and the presence of God. Sometimes fear keeps us from what we should be saying. Me, who am I? That when people are being made pastors, me too. God knows too much about me to use me. God knows too much about you not to use you. Amen. Amen. But even though she was afraid and she was trembling, she came. One thing about fear is that you don't have to allow it to cripple you. But even in your midst, the midst of your fear, in the midst of your trembling, in the midst of your uncertainty, still draw closer to the master. That is the way to overcome the fear. Not that the fear will lift. Then after that, I will go and see the master that it was me. But in the midst of your fear, Draw close to him. For in his presence, your fears shall disappear. Amen. When she came trembling, she said, oh, it's me. Jesus said, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go and be healed of all your affliction. I thought the Bible says that when she touched the garment, her fountain was dried up and immediately she felt it within her. Beloved, God's healing is in processes. And sometimes we allow him to heal us half of the way. But after we have touched his garment, he wants us to stop touching the things around him. He wants us now to come to him personally and have a personal encounter with him. That is another level of reaching his presence and catching his anointing. And many of us, as soon as we touch the garment and we feel the fountain dry up, we feel that's it and it's enough. But he wants to identify us 
and say, who is this who did this? And then he wants us to come and have a personal and close encounter with him. It is then that all his power will be released. Some of us, we see a little of God's anointing. We see a little of his grace on our lives and then we take off. We take off and now we don't even have anything to do with him. It's all about his garments. It's about the things around him. It's about the things that concern him. But it's not about the things that are really him. But God doesn't want you to be concerned about his church, his work. His, all those are good. But his ultimate is that he should meet you face to face. And that you should be able to tell. The Bible says she told him all the truth. She had met him. She had had an encounter. But she had not been able to actually tell him all. Give him all. And that is also another level of our work with him. I pray for you tonight, daughter. That your issues of marriage, your issues of childbearing, your issues of not having a husband, your issues of what you don't have will not keep you from the master. But that your issue will propel you to the master. May the Lord heal you from the fountain of all the things that are issues in your life. May faith come into your heart so that the things that are seen, which are made of the things that are not seen, will be your story. And may the Lord help you to draw closer. Every suffering, every difficulty, may it be a propelling vehicle to the presence of the master. May it help you to know Jesus more. May it draw you closer to the master. And may it cause his anointing to reach you and to make you all that he wants you to be. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Shall we stand to our feet? Every eye closed, every head bowed. I want you to talk to the master. You may not even be going through anything now, but your issue may just be your work. Legitimate things, but they are keeping you from the master. Some of you, the Lord is saying that there are issues of pain and brokenheartedness that you have to move beyond so that you can have an encounter with the master. Some of you, the Bible says that you have spent all that you have and therefore you are on the verge of giving up. But I came to encourage you that there's yet one more lap that the, the Lord has not finished with you. I want you to talk to him personally and mean it with all your heart. Oh, it is Jesus. Yes, it is Jesus. It's Jesus in my soul. Baby
are weary, you are tired, your issues are dogging you, I want you to lift up your hands. I'm going to ask the master to reach you where you are. Your hand is a point of contact to touch his garment, to receive power, to receive energy, to receive hope, to receive the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Oh, it is Jesus. Reach out and touch his garment. Speak to the master. He sees you as an individual. He sees your tears. He knows your thoughts. He knows your heart. He knows your struggles. as your personal savior you want to say lady pastor I'm not sure whether I'll go to heaven or hell when I die I want to be sure please pray for me I want to give my life to Jesus I want to start all over again you are here like that tonight I want you to put up your hands wherever you are standing I want to pray for you I can see your hands I believe there are many more hands let them go way up let them go way up Jesus is love Jesus cares let your hands go way up. Don't be ashamed. Don't look to your left or your right. The master is here. He's here to cleanse you with his blood and to make you whole. If you've put up your hand, no matter where you are sitting, I want you to do one more thing. Come forward to where I am. I want to have the privilege and honor of leading you to the master. I want to have the joy of leading you into his presence. Come to Jesus. If you put up your hand, come forward. Come forward. Come quickly. Come to the fountain of living water. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Just come and stand here. Come to Jesus. Wherever you are. Oh, it's Jesus.
surrender to him as a sign of touching his garment Jesus is reaching out to you and I want you to say this prayer after me and please mean it with all your heart let it be your personal prayer you want to say Lord Jesus please say it after me tonight I come to you just as I am take me and use me cleanse me from all sin and make me your child thank you for coming to die on the cross to save me thank you for rising from the dead because you live I shall live also Satan listen to me carefully in the name of Jesus I break every link with you Christ has set me free and I'm free indeed thank you Lord for a new beginning I will never go back because of your power in Jesus name Amen. Please give them a hand for such a wonderful decision. Hallelujah. God bless you. Wipe your tears. Jesus loves you. And Jesus has given you a new beginning. Hallelujah. I want you to follow our pastor here. This way, please. Turn this way. Please listen to what they have to tell you and obey and come back and join us immediately. God bless you. This is the greatest decision you would ever make in your life. You will never be the same again. Hallelujah and congratulations. Now I want you to come to church faithfully. Don't worry that you are not perfect. God will work on you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Happy birthday. Amen. Please turn around and follow them and come back. I'll be waiting for you. For I have touched the hem of his garment and his blood Oh, it is Jesus. Oh, it is Jesus. Yes, it is Jesus. from the master just put up your hand in spite of the multitude in spite of the throne in spite of the rulers of the synagogues in spite of the disciples Jesus can touch you where you are Lord Jesus I come before you with all the hands that are raised up I come to your throne on behalf of your people I pray in the name of Jesus that Lord your people will receive a special touch tonight Lord, I don't know the issues that they have come with this evening. It may be an issue of blood. It may be an issue of finances. It may be an issue of sin. It may be an issue of spiritual things. Oh, you before whom nothing is hid. 
I lift your people before you. Your word says, my God, you who did not spare your son, but gave him up for a ransom, shall you not with him also freely give your people all things? Tonight, freely give your people your touch. Tonight, let restoration come. Let new strength come. Let courage and encouragement come. Let hope come. Let disappointment give way to appointments with destiny. Let hopelessness give way to hope. Let despair lead to strength from your throne, O oh God. I come against every chronic case. I come against every case that has lingered for years. I pray that tonight there will be an encounter. Touch them where no man can touch them and bring a new beginning. Thank you for your power. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your faithfulness. And thank you for answered prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Please take your seats. Hallelujah. Oh, let's put our hands together for the Lord. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.